You're listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn, where you'll find uplifting and practical advice for everyday living, creative inspiration for do-it-yourself projects, and recommendations for books and resources that will encourage you to embrace your life repurposed. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. Hello there, friends. This is episode number 74 of Life Repurposed and also the very first episode in season number four. What is a season? Well, it's just a way of dividing content a little bit. And if there's any kind of change or something new, it's also a nice way to introduce something. So in this season, you're going to see a few changes that are coming up on the show, but not a lot. Nothing drastic if you're a regular, so don't worry. We're staying here with things the way they are. But I'm going to be continuing to have guests and just having them a little more regularly. My intent has always been to have a guest every other week, but that hasn't always worked out. Every year as this show has developed, we're in our third year, but the fourth season, um, every time there's a little bit of a change, it's just as me making a deeper level commitment to you as the listeners to do something that provides even more quality for you. So I went from occasional podcast episodes to weekly and now adding in a few more things. So you'll see more guests coming up. I have quite a few interviews this week to record. I will be scheduling those into spring. There will be more audio clips from authors as I invite them to share a little bit about their resources. There is more happening in the graphics that I share on social media. So there will be some quotes and more things like that. Also, speaking of social media, more in the Facebook community. The Facebook group is brand new, and so we're just continuing to add members. So I encourage you to join us there because each week I'm asking some sort of question that's inspired by the content of the show And there we can interact and we can talk a little bit more. I've chosen Facebook as a platform just because it makes my life simpler in that I manage multiple things on there and it's just easier for me to get those notifications and not have another platform. So even if Facebook isn't your favorite social media platform, you can stop in and check in there once a week even and just see what's going on and comment and interact. And you can set up notifications if you want to filter out other things and only see or hear from the groups that you really like and some of your favorite family members. So those settings are all possible on there in case you're somebody who isn't really loving Facebook. I've managed to get mine set up in a way that most of it's pretty positive and I really like it. So I invite you to check out the Life Repurpose community on Facebook. Well, let's talk about what this episode is about. We're going to be talking about the two things that you need to have in tandem in order for goals to really work. If you're somebody who has spent a lot of time setting goals and then finding that you're like maybe a month into the year or two months into the year and everything's off kilter and you're just going off way on a different trajectory, this episode is for you because it's talking about pivoting and how important that is. If anything, we learned that in 2020. We learned that we could have made wonderful plans and things did not go as we expected. Now, one of the things I've noticed is that moving into 2021, a lot of people have expected that it was just going to be the perfect year. All of our problems are going to be gone. I'm recording this a couple of days into the year, but already having some of the same old, same old. So that's just how life goes. There's still a pandemic going on and there's still all kinds of things related to that. 2021 didn't start out perfect. In fact, on New Year's Eve, my dishwasher broke. So it's still broken. I'm waiting for the part to come and my handy hubby will put that in. 
our well broke on January 4, and that happened when a repair didn't go as we had planned. So we were able to avert drilling a new well by my husband doing some innovative things and coming up with a temporary fix along with the help from the well company. So that's just how 2021 started at our house. In these first few days of 2021, I've been interrupted, had to flex several times. I have dirty dishes in the sink from the broken dishwasher. Our water will be rusty and undrinkable until we flush enough through, literally. So if anyone is in the neighborhood and needs a pit stop, the extra flushes will make it seem less like we're wasting good water and filling up our septic holding tank with it. Uh, So if you knock on the door, we'll flush a little more water through there. I want to talk about expectations. We may have started this year with some expectations for it to be better than the last. We may have started it with a plan, a goal, a word, or a resolution. There's all different ways that we start our year. Some of you are probably planners who dedicate some time to putting something down on the calendar or writing out some goals and journaling and that kind of thing. Let's talk about the day-to-day and how that works out. Yesterday morning, I set my plan for the day. By 10.30, the well was broken and several of my tasks had to be ignored while I helped my husband pull 48 feet of pipe from somewhere in the belly of the earth and pray about what to do about the valve that was not going to be coming out of that pipe in this century. I expected my day to go a certain way, and it was off track in two hours. What makes me think a year will go how I plan for it to go on the first day of the year? I believe that along with every positive expectation, there also needs to be, and here's the second word that I said we're going to have, a companion negotiation. With every expectation, there needs to be negotiation. For example, if I set my expectation for the day and I write down a top goal, what happens if something comes along that could upend that goal? Let's look at how negotiation comes into play in three scenarios of this. Scenario one, I plan to work on editing a project for a client today. My friend calls me and asks me to go for coffee. I negotiate that request and realize, and I'm negotiating in my own mind, I realize that my expectation to finish my work is much more important at that moment and I determine I will stay on track. So I've negotiated within myself and said, wait a minute, I have to stay on track with my expectation. Coffee will have to wait for another time. Now let's look at scenario two. I plan to work on an editing project for a client today. You might notice a pattern with that. The well goes out and my husband needs assistance with woman power and (laughs) strategizing options. I negotiate and I realize that water is important for our household. The problem is out of my control, but the solution matters, so I set aside my expectation and pivot to a pressing matter. Now notice, I had an expectation of accomplishing the goal. I had to negotiate what to do about this interruption. Finally, scenario three. I plan to work on an editing project for a client today. Let's imagine a teenager forgot to tell me that he needed to bring treats to school that day. My sons are grown up, but this did happen once where my son needed to bring something for like the Red Red Cross Blood Donors Day or something. He needed cookies, and I taught him how to make a really simple recipe that I think he still uses to today. Anyway, let's imagine that this teenager forgot to tell me that he needs to bring treats to school that day. I could pivot and have those delivered to the school by noon, 
Or I could decide that this is not an emergent problem, and someone had the control to prevent this problem. I negotiate the options and realize I can't afford to ask a client for an extension over my child's lack of responsibility. So I don't make the cookies or the treats or whatever are needed, and I have my son figure out a plan B on his own. He is a teenager after all in this scenario. Remember, that was not a real-life situation, just something inspired by real life. Okay, so we have these three scenarios. Notice when we balance expectation with negotiation, we can filter out what should interrupt a plan and what is a poor excuse. So this should interrupt it because this is important, but this should not because this is a poor excuse. Let's talk about some ways that this applies to our plans for the year. We all know that 2020 didn't go the way we planned, but there were parts of it that were within our control, even amid the things that we couldn't control. Cancellations were outside of our control. Our response and our alternate actions were not. So what we did with those cancellations, how we negotiated it within ourselves, within our thought process, that's what made the outcome different. I released a book in the middle of the year, and I had hoped that we could have a fun couples event for the launch of this book since it was a marriage book. I could have stopped the process and held off on the book release or done something else, or I could have just had a pity party because there were days I felt like it, because I kept hearing people in the industry say, this is a terrible time to release a book. I'm not going to release a book. And then there were authors who did. So I decided to go ahead and proceed and have a virtual party and just pivot a little bit. But I just felt like the message was too important to let it go. So I wasn't going to be having a book launch that included a bunch of speaking engagements or anything like that. And sales weren't exactly stellar when considering how a book launch could go if somebody were doing a lot of speaking. But those changes still allowed me to release a book. I didn't have to just stop my goal. So as we look ahead to the next 12 months, it's important that we don't give up and we don't skip goals or plans, wondering, you know, like, well, what if this comes up or what if this comes up? What I'm saying is that a repurposed life is one that realizes and expects this and has the mindset that we will flow with what comes. Why am I talking about this? Because I tend to be an all or nothing gal when something gets me off course. And so sometimes it's hard for me to get the momentum back. I'll want to just stop and say it's, not, it's pointless. I'm off track so far. If you've done that already with your no eating chocolate goals, I hear your pain. I understand. I get off track. I eat too much chocolate, too much sugar, and I figure, why bother? This is about negotiating that too and getting back on track. One way of navigating this whole scenario as a planner for me, I'm a planner, is that I changed how I set goals. Instead of spending a whole day with a planner, like a paper planner or like a digital project management, you know, I like something like Trello. I didn't sit down with a notepad and schedule out my entire year. I looked at some of the big goals and this is what I did last year. I had looked at some of the big goals and then I worked a few months at a time to figure out what needed to be done in these months of progress in order to move forward. Every so often I reevaluated or negotiated to see where I needed to pivot. Now this happened a lot last year. There was a lot of pivoting, but 
I kept those goals in the forefront. And you know what happened? My productivity was actually higher than expected because, well, I was home more, so there's that. But also, I had more creative ideas come to mind. And so new projects came to mind that spurred me on and almost pushed me, like, get that one done. You have another one to do. So when you look at the path that I took last year, it might look like it meandered all over the place. And I didn't accomplish goals on the dates I set them, but they did happen. And along the way, I learned new things. So all of these are important. If you'd like a resource for planning 90 days, which is one quarter ahead at a time, I want you to stay with me while I introduce you to a resource that I created that I'm using this year. And I think you might like it too. I'd like to introduce you to a one, two, three journal that I created. Now, if you want to get the link to this and the next resource that I'm going to talk about, you'll find that in the show notes at michellerayburn.com slash 74. So it's just my website and the number of the episode. So michellerayburn.com slash 74. The idea for blocking time in 12-week increments came from when I saw a friend mention a book on social media, and it was called The 12-Week Year. I actually didn't find time to read the book at that time, so total transparency here. I'm recommending the book because I've heard a few people talk about it, but I just ordered it, so I am going to read it here at the beginning of 2021 because I do want to always gain new perspectives, so I'm going to read that really soon when it arrives. But the concept is what stuck with me. This idea that the author suggested of planning in 12-week increments, which is one quarter at a time, that could be 13 weeks or it could be 90 days. There's different ways of referring to the same block of time. But the author was just saying that planning in those three months at a time was more helpful and led to more productivity than planning 12 months at a time because of all the variables that come around. So I will definitely come back around to talking about that book again in another episode at some point. I didn't make a big yearly plan for 2021. I have some goals and I still need to list a few of them in a paper planner that I use for tracking some of my podcasting like the um, guests and all that stuff that's coming up. I do want to list some goals in there so I can look back and see what some of those were, especially for the podcast. And that will help me in directing some of my plans for the next few months. But I did not sit down this year and make this big plan with a whole set of action steps for the year. Sometimes I've done that in I will statements, like I will do this, I will do this. And I like that too. It's like goals, but stated in an action statement. I like that. This resource that I want to tell you about is one that came out of some of my own thinking when I was considering how much I don't really love traditional journaling, where I just, I don't know why I start a couple of days of writing down my thoughts or my feelings, or when someone says, just journal for 10 minutes right now after you read the Bible in the morning and then just journal. Something about that just doesn't resonate with me. I struggle with it, and yet I have friends who love it, and I love that they love it. But I'm just maybe more concrete, 
more checklist oriented. I'm not sure what it is, but I've thought maybe something was broken because I didn't love it. And then I realized they're just different formats. So what I've created is called a one, two, three ideas and progress journal. This is for achievers and list lovers. So this is not a calendar and it's not a planner that you write dates in like you would a paper planner that way, not the calendar style. This is more like a hybrid of setting goals. There are places for you to fill in the date so you can, you could use it to plan way ahead if you wanted to. But the intention of this is for you to get up in the morning, for you to open the book And for you to look at what you've had planned out for the week and say, what is the one big thing off this list that I'm going to accomplish today? Now, you might already have dates put next to those, which will make it super easy. Or you might want to do it the night before and decide, okay, tomorrow's big task is going to be, and then you list it. There are some different methods that follow that as well. So you're going to set a morning intention in that this is the one big goal. So that's the one in the one, two, three. Then there's the two in the one, two, three. And that is, I'm going to establish two other goals that I'm going to get done today. These, I I like to make them things I would normally procrastinate and just keep bumping. They're not humongous. And I just, oh, I don't want to do that right now. I don't want to do it. I'm going to establish those two things. For example, today, one of mine was to email three people. That's it. They were on in a group. I needed to email them, tell them what their free giveaway was that I was mailing to them. I had to get their addresses. So I decided I'm going to get that info that I need and get that done. And then one of them was an editing project where I was going to do kind of an abstract. I didn't know how much time it was going to be. It was an abstract number. So if I had an hour left over, I was going to edit for an hour. If I had four hours, I was going to do that. I didn't know how much the first project I had was going to take because that was prepping for upcoming podcast interviews. I didn't know how much that big goal was going to take. So you're going to establish one big goal, two smaller goals for the day, and then you come back to the journal at the end of the day and there's a place for you to write three things, people or circumstances that brought you joy today. So it could be a text message you got. It could be something that made you laugh. It could be anything. It could be the sunrise. Today it was the frost on the trees. It could be anything that brought you joy. But it's just a way of you to list those three things. There's also a blank spot for you to daydream, doodle, write down bright ideas you got, write down anything that came to mind during the day. Sort of, you know, you're having a brainstorming moment. I need to put this somewhere. There's a spot for that. Then there's a section in that day for notes and lists. This is for whatever you need. If you're a list maker, you can write your list of all the little things like you could write your grocery list. You could write anything there. But it's just a place for you to also Uh, put down reflections. You could put tasks for tomorrow. You could journal in the traditional way if you love that too. So there's space for that. The last thing on that day is a spot for you to give yourself a high five. Now, yesterday I gave myself a high five because when my husband came to my office when I was working and said, we need a new well, I did not melt down. I handled the news calmly We started to talk about whether there was another solution he could do, and then we also accepted the idea that if that solution did not work, that we were going to spend $9,000 today for the well driller to come. So I was giving myself a high five because I handled that news in a very calm way, and that is not something I would have done in my 
past attitudes. Let's just call it that. (laughs) So that was a high five because it was some self-control practice that I applied. Now I'm going to wrap this up because I don't want to go too long, but at the end of the week, we're going to reverse the process and we're going to go three, two, one. And so there are some weekend plans. And so there's a page that can be used for the two days. The three is three things that you want to accomplish on the weekend. I've listed out some checkboxes. There's a place for you to write your own thing, but it's just nice to have something where it started for you. So it could be self-care, rest, shopping, yard work. It could be organizing, fitness, meal prep, housework, laundry, hobby time, family time, anything like that, to choose three priorities. If you choose three priorities, it really helps because then you can, again, negotiate. If self-care is number one on my list for the weekend and something comes along where a family member or friend asks me for the kind of favor that I could postpone to another time, I don't have to say yes right now, having this 3-2-1 plan helps me to make that priority stick. So that's important. Then the number two is two things to celebrate from this week. You can page back through your wins or you can add new ones and you can just celebrate something that you think this, I want to be able to look back at the end of the year and look at all of these celebrations. The last one on there is one, my best creative idea this week was. Now, creative ideas We all have creativity. I know people claim they don't, but everyone does. For example, my best creative idea this week was creating a lead magnet that I'm putting on one of my websites. If you don't know what a lead magnet is, it's just a freebie, like a printable or a download that somebody will find value in, and then they might sign up for my email list in order to get it. So I creatively made one of those. My husband's best creative idea this week was one that saved us thousands of dollars and actually made it so we could salvage our current well. Now, a lot of people wouldn't think of that as creative, but it was super creative because it involved a lot of rigging up and welding and different things that he did to make it work. And then the well people were impressed and came back and said, yes, this will work. So your creative idea might be you came up with a new meal plan that worked for your picky family, or you came up with a solution for one of your own problems. It could be your best creative idea was just to change up your schedule. It could be anything, but it's important to celebrate that and just say, hey, I have creative ideas too. So that's how the one, two, three, Ideas in Progress Journal works. I'll have a link to it on my website at michellerayburn.com slash 74. It comes in a really colorful geometric pattern, and that one is in a really nice feeling matte cover. And then there's also a hard, the, the hard cover. Um, the other one is a hard cover as well, and that one is glossy, and it's a black and white gray scheme of geometric pattern. So if you're taking it to the office and you need something a lot more subdued, then there's that black and white option as well. The inside pages are all printed and ready for you to fill out. And each one has some spaces where you could put stickers. You could add all kinds of creative things on some of the pages that don't have text on them. That allows you to have the freedom to add in the things that you want to personalize it and make it yours. My goal with this is to help people to just narrow down what they need to do in order to make progress on their goals. So it's not about really a system as much as it is about a habit, if that makes sense. Even though it's a one, two, three system, 
I encourage you to make habits because if you do that every day, you're going to see some progress happen. And it can be for business. It could be for personal. So whatever you do, I want you to break down your goals. This is your action step. This is your homework from this episode. As you launch into the next few months, let's break it down into a little homework. Number one, what would you like to accomplish in the next three months? Now make this doable. So it could be one thing, like if it's writing a book, I would say that's it. (laughs) It's not going to be much more than that. You're not going to write eight books. And if you do, they're probably not going to be that good, but maybe you're a unicorn and you can do that. Um, So what would you like to accomplish in the next three months? Then what actions would you need to take in the next 30 days that would accomplish one third of the goal. So if I need to, if I'm going to write a book and it's 50,000 words, I have to break that into three. I can't do the math right now. So let's just say I'd have to write a hundred and I would, (laughs) I can't do it. I would have to write like 180,000, I'm going to say words in the next 30 days. So I would have to break that down and then I'd have to figure out how can I get that done? Now, what will you need to do? This is third step. What will you need to do this week in order to take the first steps towards that part of your goal? So if I need to write 180,000 words in the next 30 days and I'm working five days a week, let's say, so there's some self-care on the weekend, what do I need to do this week to make that happen? So that's where I'm going to start establishing those daily goals. Now you're ready to list out some actions and add those to some top priorities for each day. And if you're using the one, two, three journal, that's where you get your inspiration. You know, your top goal of that day before all others is going to be that one thing that's going to lead you to establish some success in that goal. So that's just how I break down when I'm looking at what am I going to get done in the next three months. So I hope you're going to join me on a journey of accomplishing some of your goals this week. In the Life Repurposed community on Facebook, I'm going to ask you to share some of your goals. If you haven't yet joined the group, you'll find the link at michellerayburn.com slash 74. I really want you to join and be part of that discussion there. So thank you for being with me. I have a special guest coming up next week. So you'll hear more about that when the show comes out. And I'll keep it a little bit of a secret right now. But thank you so much for being with me. I hope that you have a great week. Be blessed. You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at michellerayburn.com. I'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. I'd also love it if you would like, review, and share the information about this podcast with your friends. Thank you so much for listening.